Hi, I want to welcome you to worship today. I am Pastor Mark Graham. I'm Pastor Melva England, and we're husband and wife pastoring here at Grace Church together. Today's theme is Make Yourself at Home. We appreciate all of you regulars at Grace who've adapted and adjusted to worshiping this way online. And we want to welcome all of you who are new to Grace and are, are finding about who, who we are through our, our website and th through Facebook. And we hope that you will find that, that Grace Church is a safe place for you to grow in your faith. You know, I've been thinking about some of those who have been growing in their faith here at Grace for quite a while, especially our little ones. I have especially been thinking of them because, well, tomorrow would have been our first day of vacation Bible school. This is the same week we do it every year leading up to Father's Day, but we won't have VBS this year. Like many things, it just won't happen. Oh, plans change, but it can't stop my memories. And so I just think about well, how crazy the parking lot was during vacation Bible school. Parking lot, was that when all those preschoolers were out there driving around? Oh yeah, don't you remember those preschoolers out there touring around? They were just wild and crazy. how those kids have grown. Do you think they're better drivers now? Well, we would we'd also like to share one of the songs from last year that continues to have an important message for us today. I will not be afraid. Sing with us. Always 
The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes, when life is unfair. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. When life is scary, God is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. When life changes, God is good. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. When life is sad, God is good. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. When life is good, Thank you. 
Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we have been sheltering in place since March 17th. We've been, most of us, spending a lot more time at home. And I've been thinking about what does it mean to be at home? How would you define it? Home is where we, we feel comfortable and safe and secure. Home is being with the people we love and the people who love us. Home is, for some, is that, that place where the, that has a history with memories across generations. Home for others is not connected with a place because they moved several times during their life. And so then it's all about relationships. Well, because of past trauma or abuse, the idea of home for some is, well, complicated. It's not all good. There's a yearning for for a, a home that is, is loving and, and safe and secure. Some of us struggle with the idea of what it means to feel at home, to be at, be at home where we are, to be at home in our own skin. Well, while I've been sheltering in place, I've come to realize that home is, is bigger than just the place we live. Home includes our connections with each other, the activities that we do together. Home includes summer ball games and going to the community center swimming pool and having coffee at McDonald's. And it includes, home includes concerts at the park and ice cream socials. Home includes school concerts and, and school sports. Home includes worshiping together in the church sanctuary. It's all of these activities 
and connections that make up what we call home. Well, what happens to home when there's a fire or a tornado or a flood? What happens to home if a family member is, is told you have cancer or you have a heart condition or you have Alzheimer's? What happens to home when there's a divorce? What happens to home when there's a loss of job or a loss of income? What happens to home when there's a pandemic? And what happens to home in the midst of the greatest racial crisis since the 1960s? What happens to home in our safe little world, the home that we, we've made for ourselves that feels threatened right now and no longer seems as safe as it once was? Well, when home is threatened, we find out what really matters to us. When, when home is threatened, we realize all the things that we've taken for granted. When home is threatened, if we're really honest, we want to lash out. We want to, and we want to blame others. We want to fight for what's ours and hold tightly to everything we can that's still within our grasp that we can still call home. We yearn for what we've lost and we set our sights on getting it all back and we feel like we've failed if we don't get it. We don't get it all back. It's out of this context where we are right now that I want us to look at one of the foundational biblical narratives, the account of Abram and Sarai, the father and mother of our faith. You may think of them as Abraham and Sarah, which is correct as the story goes along. Everything changes for them, their location, their, their purpose, even their names. And most certainly, their idea of home is changed. Abram and Sarai were comfortable at home. Abram was 75. In that day and age, people didn't retire. You just worked your whole life. But you hoped that by that time, that your life was pretty much set. That you'd made your fortune. You, you were living off the fruits of your labors. And you were, well, settled down. You know, or, or at least heading that way to be, be settled down. And, and God says to Abram, Go from your country, from your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing to all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, went as the Lord told him. God told Abram, if you're getting this, go from your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. In other words, leave home. I think that there are parts of this story that must have been left out. Don't you think? 
God lays this one sentence on Abram to go, and, and it says, So Abram went. No hesitation. He didn't ask any questions. He didn't ask, How can this be? I'm old. No family discussion, no meeting of the minds, nothing, just. So Abram went as the Lord told him. It's in these opening verses of Genesis chapter 12 that we get the idea that Abram is, is really doing pretty well in life. It says in verse 5, he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. By the standards known at that time, they were living a pretty good life. There was pain and disappointment in their past. The hope of every married couple back then was that they have children that they have an heir, someone to receive their inheritance and someone to carry on the family name. Well, that didn't happen for them, at least not at that point in the story. They had this nephew, Lot, who had become like a son. And then what they had in Haran was, was comfortable, stable, a predictable, good life. It was home. Then God spoke to Abram. They were called by God to leave everything, everything they knew, all the people they knew, all the routine, and, to a, and go to a place that God would show them. Now, that's vague. That's not much to go on. What happens to the idea of home when everything about home is going to be different? Well, whatever combination of complex thoughts and feelings you're having right now, whether you're 75 or 55 or 25 or 5 or any place in between or beyond, when we reflect on what's happening to our world and how it's impacting what we consider to be home, one of the feelings that I'm having and probably you're having is this. What's happening now is not what I bargained for. It's not what I worked for. It's not how I expected my work life, my school life, my, my retirement. This is not how I expected to do even the simplest things like going to the grocery or going to church or going to the, taking the kids to the park or the, the swimming pool or out to eat. This isn't home anymore. I want to go back. I want home back. Now, we may differ from Abram and Sarai slightly. We were not called by God to leave home. A pandemic and the uncovering of a deep racial divide has shaken up and, and threatened what we have come to know as home. And whether we have accepted the health restrictions willingly or have resisted them, whether we have kept our distance from all the 
issues of racial injustice in our country or not, we have been moved into a new place with no map, with no idea what's going to happen next, no clear path and no clear plan of what's going to happen to schools, jobs, sports, churches, you name it. Some plans will emerge in time, but they keep changing. And most of us are just trying to keep up with the latest plan. All Abram and Sarai had to go on was God's presence with them. And this obscure, vague message. You are to go to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. You will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Do you think Sarai was supportive of this at first? Trudging through the desert, leaving everything she, she knew behind, all her friends, her cousins, her sisters, everybody going where? I imagine Sarah saying under her breath, Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. What's blessing about this? At some point in their journey, the vision caught on for Sarai. And it became her vision too. Three visitors came to them in the middle of nowhere and announced that she was going to have a baby boy. And she laughed. She laughed at how impossible it was. And she laughed at, at what an unlikely couple they were. A couple that had already celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. She laughed, naively maybe, at the idea of going through labor and, and nursing an infant and teaching a toddler to walk when she could barely walk herself. While she's in her, her 70s, her 80s, we don't know. She's younger than Abram. We don't know by how much. A woman's value in that culture at that time was all connected with bearing children. Sarai carried the shame of never having had a child. She was not blessed. But God turned that around for, for Sarai. God restored her and redeemed her and gave her this blessing. Blessed to be a blessing took on new meaning for Sarai. Well, Jesus understood the importance of blessing people. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say, say all kinds of evil things against you. Well, God had, had blessed this unlikely couple. Abram and Sarai. And Jesus blessed the most unlikely people, 
God made promises to Abram and Sarai, and Jesus made promises to all the people he blessed. The kingdom of God is yours. You shall receive mercy. You shall see God. You shall inherit the earth. All the people Jesus blessed were blessed for the same purpose as Abram and Sarai. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessing comes in the midst of hardship and grief and pain and shame and persecution. Blessing comes to people who've not done anything to earn it or deserve it. Blessing comes to old and young alike. And yes, blessing comes to us, even in the middle of a pandemic, because God's mission, his ultimate purpose is that all people be blessed. Now, we may not like the uncertainty we're dealing with right now. We may not like it that it's taking so long to get back home, to get back to what feels like home, with concerts and ball games and movies and family reunions and, and face-to-face worship in this sanctuary. We may not like how unsettled we feel and how cooped up we feel and how unconnected we feel. It's unfamiliar territory. God promised Abram and Sarai a land, a place that God would show them. Well, Jesus promises that he's preparing a place for us. He promises that one day he will take us with him. He he will take us to that place that he will show us. Because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way home. I don't know what home is going to look like in the coming months. I don't know what home is going to look like when we get on the other side of this pandemic. And I don't know how long it'll take. So the best advice I know is to make yourself at home in the circumstances you are in right now. Make yourself at home in the midst of all the changes that we are facing. Cherish what you have right now, what's around you, the people that surround you, even if it's from a distance on the phone or through the window or across the yard or across the globe. This is home now as we make this journey. And as long as Jesus is with us, this this is home and it's going to be all right. Jesus is with us, you know, because he promised he would never leave us or forsake us. You're home with Jesus. You're home. Amen. You need a place where you can find a shelter Follow 
in our weakness. Intercede for us with sighs too deep for our words. For we wait with longing for the day when there will be no more names that must be said. Names like Ahmad Aubrey, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd. Transform these feelings we carry, these prayers without words, into energy and passion and love in action. Lord, we remember how you made covenant with Abraham and Sarah to bless them, to make of them a great nation so that all the families on earth would be blessed. In Galatians, the third chapter, the 29th verse, your words extended to us your covenant promise. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Yes, Lord. That promise belongs to us. And so we pray that you will give us courage to examine our own lives, our own actions. Oh Lord, help us repent and change our ways when we have withheld 
your blessings from others. And we do ask your blessing, God, so that we may be a blessing on all families on this earth. We pray that you will protect them from illness, from violence, that you will be present, O God, with all who foster division and hate, that you will heal the wounded places in their hearts. We pray for those affected by COVID-19 and other illnesses, for those who mourn loved ones, for the unemployed and the financially distressed. We pray for the leaders, not only of our nation, but for all countries. And today, Lord, we lift up to you our sister, Phyllis Weiss, and praying that you'll pour out your spirit of healing upon her, that you will ease her breathing, Lord, and restore her to wholeness, we pray. Oh, Lord, work through our lives, our communities, and reach out through our congregations, even as we gather in our homes. Transform this world you love so much into a world of love in action that trusts and honors you as we pray in the name of Christ our Lord, the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
blessing. There is no map to the place that God calls us. There is no plan on how to get there except to love God and to love your neighbor. Jesus will provide the way to the place that he is preparing for us. We are God's children, and the journey is our home. Amen. <laughs>